Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, The Wire Remixed Season 1, Episode 10, The Cost. As always, I'm joined by one Robert Sapp. How you doing this Sunday afternoon, Mr. Sapp? You're well. Let's get it. Big episode. This was a big episode, to say the least. This was one of these episodes where The Wire had 60 episodes. This was probably, I would say... The first oh shit episode. There's about three or four of them over the course of the series. Because the wire, as we all know, the wire is not about a lot of action, a lot of you know sitcom type stuff. You know where where you would see normal television with the whole with with theatrics and shit like that. This was the first like whoa like that happened, and um, of course we'll we'll get to that part of the episode. It begins this episode, of course. It's called Cost. It was directed by one Brad Anderson. It ranks by Vulture 13th all time uh, in terms of Wire episodes. Is I would say the highest ranked episode we've done up to the, up to the, up to this point. Um, the epigraph was, and then and then he dropped the bracelets by one Kima Greggs, Shakima Greggs, and we have a. New award, by the way, a new award called the Chardine Ines Ines Award for Best Acting Performance. The reason I came up with this award is because of because of Robert Sapp. Robert Sapp shout out Chardine's performance last week, and I said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna give her an award. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her a, I'm gonna give her an award with her name. So, best we're gonna do we always do MVP. We're gonna do Best Acting Performance. Best Acting Performance, the Chardine Ennis, Ennis, the Chardine Award, because I can't pronounce her last name, Ines Ennis, the Chardine Award. Opening scene, we have Bubbles sitting, this is right before the epigraph, we have Bubbles sitting on a park bench, and Bubbles in this scene looks, is by himself, sitting on the park bench, looks semi-clean. Bubbles looks like he's been clean for a couple of days, which, we, which it turns out he, he had been. And doesn't look 100% clean, but semi-clean. Looks like he's pondering his life, reflecting, a little bit of self-reflection going on. And then, of course, about 30 seconds later, we are reminded that he indeed is still a crackhead. As a crackhead walks past him and says, what's up, Bubbles? And, you know, he acknowledges the dude. So just when you, just when we think that there is some hope, we're quickly, we're quickly reminded in terms of who Bubbles is. Short scene, but still, any, any scene that opens the episode is, is, is of importance. What were your thoughts on this, on this scene? Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, like there's a, there's a lot in the opening of, of this scene, even though it is short. Um, yeah, so the, what, what I took away from it was that, you know, Bubbles is sitting there and he's like reflecting on life, right? Like, like it takes, a long time to get clean like you don't get clean in a matter of days or seconds or hours or sometimes even years it, it takes a while it takes a while so he's sitting there and he's like reflecting on it and like when those people coming by him it's kind of like a juxtaposition not juxtaposition that's the wrong word it's it's him <coughs> looking at what he's known as right now and as you said he's known as bubbles the crackhead right now and he's reflecting on if that's what he wants his life to be at least that's what I took away from from the scene and so um 
they, it it it's a it's a setup for the heaviness that is to come and then an even bigger setup for the reflection that's to come but all that won't happen in this episode so the wires thinking two steps ahead already yeah um they have been the whole season yeah no question there's a lot there's a lot of setup in this uh in this particular scene even though it was it wasn't that long uh for, for bubbles is really his, his journey to be honest with you um so you have uh avon weebe and stringer at the club uh during the daytime when it was uh when it's closed <clears throat> avon gives stringer credit for um basically avon gives gives stringer credit for saying that he should have took his his advice he also acknowledges weebe for saving his life even though weebe you know Weebe has kind of feeling, was feeling kind of guilty the fact that Avon even got shot at. But uh, Avon acknowledges Weebe for saving his life. He gives Stringer credit, gives Stringer credit in terms of saying that I should have uh, took, took heed to your advice about the truce approach towards Omar. Um, Avon, Omar, not Omar, Stringer takes Avon's pager and says the only way people can out of town cats can get to you as far as a drug connect or any or even get in contact with you is through me. Uh, so he takes Stringer, he uh, takes Avon's pager, and they of course ignite fist bump at the end of the scene. Uh, why the was this was Avon's response to Stringer an emotional response, or did he believe that Stringer gave him? the best advice the last couple of episodes we've been seeing avon basically say mm. we'll completely go against you know yeah. any truce or any type of trying to settle with omar what what, what why why do you think he acknowledged yeah i mean like if, if i'm about to go on the reflective kind of like like uh like that's the that's kind of like the energy of this episode then i have to admit when when it happens to, to a theory that I was thinking about. Um, and so I definitely, I definitely think, cause I asked myself that question as I was watching, I was like, well, what's going on here? And um, I definitely do think Avon in this moment is reflecting after he got, almost got, he almost got caught. Like to our, our you know, our debate last week, you know, regardless of if uh, Omar missed, the point is he did miss, but Stringer all from Stringer. Avon, from his perspective, isn't thinking of it as, oh, he missed the king. He's thinking of it as I almost got. He almost got me. So that brings on a reflection of its own. And so I, I do think he was genuinely reflecting on if his way was the right way and maybe Stringer had a better way. I have a I have a very interesting noticing on Stringer though, this entire episode or thought that that hadn't occurred to me until I watched this episode again. Okay. Um, so, Phelan, McNulty, Perlman, they're in Phelan's office. Phelan, throughout the course of this scene, was very nervous and anxious um, as they're going through the case and what have you. He's um, visibly kind of like, visibly a little bit shook. He basically is telling McNulty, you know, how long is this going to take? You know when is it going to be over, and so on and so on. As they, as they, you know, you know, giving him more details on the case. <clears throat> when he walks out, 
or when they walk out, uh, Perlman lets McNulty know that Phelan is off the ticket. It's off the uh, mayor's ticket. Phelan, well, uh, Phelan uh, took over for a uh, a judge. Took over for a judge that um, that I don't know retired or what have you or left, and to fill out his term. So he's not on there. He's not on his own original term. So he only had. So his term is about to be up. So clearly, politics have shifted Phelan's thought process and his attitude at the present moment. And Phelan and McNulty asked Perlman what happened and she you know mockingly to says to mcnulty i don't know maybe it's the company that he keeps uh what were your thoughts on this scene yeah this is this is you know this is i you know, i don't know if they knew it at the time like how much they knew you know guarantee of what seasons are but i i know they were thinking about what future seasons would look like and plot out that's setting us up for season three it's, it, it is like at this point in time, they are giving us very whispers of what politics looks like. Like we can directly connect, connect the dots of what happened. But at this point in time, and I remember when I was watching this for the first time, you know, you just, you're, you're making up the political moves behind the scenes. Right. Um, so we can now look at this as a direct setup for season three. Um, uh, or, or, you know, a prelude to, to the, the heavier politics where we see it all play out um, in real time um, in season three. In this case right here, they're giving us an idea of that politics play a role in how all these decisions are made. And it's particularly with this judge, we see the, we see the impact of it, right? Like before, he, when he feels safe and secure, He's all about whatever, like, I don't care, blah, 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 like, this is like, no, another 30 days, what, da, da, da. As soon as that political pressure gets pushed just a little bit, and he realizes how vulnerable he is, because he has to, he doesn't have the 15 year, and that's what McNulty was probably thinking, I mean, he says it, and that's what he was thinking in his mind, he doesn't have the 15 year cushion, because he came in on somebody else's term, he only has two years, and then he has to run again, so as soon as he felt a little bit of that political pressure that the judge that we knew up until that point totally flipped totally flipped his his disposition um and so like that that's what i mean but they're giving us the whispers of what politics how politics play a role in all this so you have the uh donette and d'angelo and d'angelo apartment she is um talking about moving in saying he needs a bigger place uh she wants money she wants money um, she's just talking, basically. She's she's rambling, this, that, and the third. He completely is has zero interest in what anything that she said that, that she's saying. He's not even. He's totally ignoring her. He um, clearly is thinking about Chardine, um, or thinking about something else. But he's like the idea of moving in with her. The idea of living with her is not even going through. <clears throat> not even going through his mind whatsoever. He walks out the apartment without saying a word and walks out without giving her money, um, giving her any money. Uh, again, a quick scene, but what were you, but, you know, just gave you some more, I guess gave you some insight towards that relationship or lack thereof. What were your thoughts on the scene? Yeah, this is, this is actually a setup for Chardin, right? Like, because it is, it's about like, 
the impact that she, that she, the the small impact that she had on D'Angelo, um, where you know, longtime girlfriend, um, father of his child, a mother of his child, um, and she's talking, and he's kind of like thinking thinking about Chardin, thinking about like that. So so the impact on him, and then also the importance of Chardin, the character in the story, in terms of um she she, yeah she can she can she can uh give filling blanks that that the police have let's say that yeah yeah um mcnulty freeman uh yeah mcnulty freeman carver are uh determined where the uh they get a call and they determine where that number is getting called from. They get, so they're getting a call for a re-up in the towers or in, in the towers. They determine where that uh, where that number, where that call is coming from because they they of course the towers or the pit is running low, running running low on drugs. So they determine that um, where that number is coming from and it end up coming from a. Uh, this is kind of like a setup for a later. For a later scene, in terms of uh, in terms of a stakeout that Carver and uh, Signer would, would go on, so they get the re-up order. The re-up order is coming from a Barksdale soldier into the into the towers. So they uh, so you have a setup for the, um, for what will come up in the uh, later on in the episode. Again, quick um, quick scene, but again they're getting further and deeper and deeper into what how the Barksdale's work. And you got any thoughts on this scene? Nah, you nailed it, set up. Orlando and the undercover cop. So Orlando here just totally, just totally dismisses the ass whooping that he got a couple episodes ago. He buys from an undercover cop um, who turns out to be a state police, not just a regular cop, but a state police at that. And I just know, I know why this was written the way it was written, because I, I think it was clearly written to show that Orlando wasn't just wasn't cut out for the drug game. But I just wanted to know from your perspective, what what was Orlando's play here? So yeah. let's say, let's say for argument's sake that this cop was not a cop and that he was a drug, a legit drug dealer. Right. He's right. Gonna, he buys this, and then where is he gonna sell it? Like what? Right. There is no, there is no play. And that's, that's, that was, um, that was Avon's point to him. You're the, you're the clean person for a reason. You're not in the game. Like that's the whole point of having you on the lease because this is not, this is not a part of your life. So there was no play. This is pure greed, pure and simple. It's just, it's just, it's just that piece. He, you can't give Orlando the attribute attributes of a stringer a Avon or a Bodie or a D'Angelo because he's not from that part. He's not from that game. So he doesn't have a play. All he sees as, oh, we haven't gotten to Lee scene yet. All he sees is the glory of what the drug game gives. He's not thinking about the grind that needs to happen in order to get to where Avon and Stringer is. He's going after the glory. It's stupid, and it's it's it is it's it's just it, that's exactly why that's exactly why 
he's the clean front because he 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 has no sense of the game. Yeah, he again, writers writers is trying to just trying to tell you there are certain people who just should not be playing the game, and he's one of them. Um, he also to your point from last week about patience and the patience and frustration that well I shouldn't say patience frustration uh, in terms of uh, Omar and oh you said that Omar's frustration led to a rash decision yeah he's frustrated by the fact that he's not getting more money so that you know yes he wants the glory he sees the, the glory he sees the riches but he also is frustrated by the fact that he's not he doesn't feel like he's getting his just deserve deserve as being sure. You're right. They're all one and the same, though. Yeah. They're all one and the same. Glory, riches, power, all of it co- conflates together. He wants all of it. He just has no clue. Right. So, again, there was no plan. There was This was just completely dumb, and he completely gets taken advantage of by the, <laughs> by the undercover cop, which is kind of – the scene was kind of hilarious when they, like, when they started laughing at him <laughs> at the end of the scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you have McNulty looking for Wallace. Uh, McNulty gets uh, some of the cops. He cases Wallace's uh, place out. So he sees how Wallace is living with the electric, electric cord going from out the, uh, out the window. He then cases, he then gets some cops to uh, stake out Wallace's, uh, Wallace's place until Wallace pops up, gives him uh, crab cakes and beer and Heineken's, which is, you know, very, which is always enticing. If you if you're a cop, you know who has to who has to do a stakeout for God knows how many hours. And um, again, I, I think as much as as big as an asshole as McNulty is, and we know how big of an asshole and manipulative how manipulative he is. This is all. This is the other side. McNulty um, doing good police work, and McNulty, you know, the cop says something to him at the end says. I don't care what they say about you. You're cool. You're all right with me. So McNulty, you know, ha- having friends within the force that will that would do favors for him, or knowing how to get people to do favors for him to benefit his case. Uh, so they gave you that angle from in terms of McNulty. What were your thoughts on this? There you go. You said at the end, knowing how to manipulate people to do favors for him. Look, we all manipulate. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not. I'm not like assigning McNulty a superpower that is different from anything else that human beings do. We, we all manipulate people for a variety of different reasons. Some people might not use the word manipulate or not, might not like the word manipulate, and that's fine. Um, and so this could be like, oh, he's doing a favor for somebody who's going to do a favor for him. Well, he and, and probably like more likely people are like, you know, he knows what it's like to be on that other side. Therefore he's doing, therefore he's doing that. All of that acknowledge, fine, everything like that. But uh, everything, I, I agree with that. Also, this is just further a part of him. This is the piece that's a part of him is, and I will say we will see the continuation of that in the court when, when we get there. And so, yeah, it's a small thing or whatever, but, but McNulty knows how to make people do things they don't want to do. Yes. <laughs> and like, let's say that sometimes it's the carrot, sometimes it's the stick. In this case, with his fellow police officers, it was the carrot. No question about it. Um, you have Whalen and you have Bubbles. Um, 
Whalen and Bubbles have a conversation and a couple reveals in this conversation. First of all, Whalen tells Bubbles he's got HIV. Um, he reveals that, reveals that part of it. Bubbles is trying to get clean. He's been clean for three days, which is a lot for him, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, Bubbles lets Whalen know that he has a kid, that he has a son. Up until that point, we didn't know we didn't know that up until that point. And his the mother took the mother took the son away, said he wasn't fit to be a father. He doesn't disagree. Whalen, at the end of the conversation, brings up things that we will see down the road throughout the course of Bubbles' journey as far as forgiveness and base and self-love. And he has a quote here, I have it in front of me. He says, getting, wait, this is Whalen speaking now. He says, getting clean is the easy part. Now comes life. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, I mean, you hit it, you hit it with that. You hit it with that quote. Uh, I mean, this, this scene is deep, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's the whole ball game when it comes to, when it comes to, um, to, to bubbles. That's the struggle that will forever be his struggle. Um, that's the struggle of his character. That's his character arc. This is bubbles in a nutshell. It's just it's just that simple. That and that's why um, Will is such an important character because he he gives bubbles hope for what it could look like. And what Whalen is saying is the hope is just that you are a part of life. But life, as we all know, is full of ups and downs. And the ups can be very high and the downs can be very low. And that's without using any substance at all. That's with, without that. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting, getting clean, getting sober, all of that. Yep, that's great. And that's the first step. That's what needs to happen. But then you got to be prepared to live life. And that's where a lot of people fall down. Not just addicts, just people in general fall down with that. And in particular, in Bubbles' case, as an addict, it's, it's not when you just want to do a drug or just want to do, it's when something really heavy and emotional or a normal life frustration happens that, uh, that then you'll be looking to, to use again. And so, um, yeah, heavy on a lot of different levels, but the biggest thing is this actually names Bubbles' journey throughout this entire series. Yeah, this this scene single this scene single handedly sets bubbles on his course. Like you did, like you can take not to dismiss everything that happened before this scene in terms of his journey, but this this is kind of this is like a a a, a rubber reached the road point in in the story arc. It's, it's a, I mean we're 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 just at the very very beginning of of bubbles. I mean, like everybody who doesn't know will know how just monster you know outside of uh and this is probably for another discussion but i would say outside of omar bubbles is the second best character in this show period um in terms of like the journey that that he he goes on anyway that's neither here nor there we'll we'll do that later um but uh so we're we're very we're very much at the beginning of his journey and up until this time all we've seen is bubbles in the throes of being an active addict this is now you're absolutely right adding that next part of the journey of well what happens if bubble won't actually wants to get clean what's that struggle look like yeah i mean we see it all but we you see need the first part of that journey you need to see him in the throes of addiction 
Absolutely. We, you see also too, and we, we talk about, you talk about addiction, you talk about conforming to society. You see people get out of jail all the time who just cannot handle society once they, even when they get out of jail. So that, like that, you know, it. Go like, back, go back to that quote. It's not society. Or I mean, like, yes, society, but go back to that quote. What the quote that you just said. Right. Getting clean is the easy part. Now comes life. There you go. It's the life part. It's the life part. It's the life part. Now, society is a part of life. You got to deal with a lot of people. Um, but it's the, yeah, it's the life part. Dealing with life is hard, even if you don't actively deal with a whole bunch of people all the time. You have uh, Omar McNulty, Kima, they meet in a seemingly like in a, in a not an alleyway, but seemingly at probably one of Omar's hideouts. Uh, Omar is, put, is wounded from the, the gunshot from Weebay from last episode. He knows that he cannot uh, go into any hospital because I have Barstow people looking for him. So he asks for their help in terms of, in terms of uh, his wound. He also tells them about the uh, truce that's on that, that about the truce that, that's been put out there by the Barksdales. They encourage him to uh, take the truce. Uh, they, they encourage him to uh, take the truce. So they assuming that they helped him out with the wound, that they hooked him up from that standpoint, got him got an independent doctor and what have you, and they again tell him to uh, tell him to take the truce. Again, the wound has gotten bad, you know, the gunshot wound's gotten bad. Um, what are your thoughts on Omar in this scene? Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, like, you, you outlined it uh, completely. That's what the scene was. Um, you know, Omar Armour, oh, no, no. Omar is now using, you know, he's now trying to get something out of this, this partnership with, with, the, with the police. So now he doesn't have to go to the, he doesn't have to go to the hospital um, both because they're looking for him and the police will be asking a whole bunch of questions as well. Um, so he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just show, it shows, uh, that, that he's ready. I mean, like that, that he's, he, he can also, you know, exploit, exploit the relationship as well. Yeah. I mean, you see, yeah, you see a case of people, of them, you know, people using them, using each other from, you know, for their own benefits uh for that scene um you have signer no orlando and the undercover cop so orlando has, of course been arrested and processed uh the undercover cop tells him he's going to end up in city jail start you know in orlando now again this is why orlando has no business in the game he uses avon's name <laughs> when he uh he's speaking to the cop so that cop takes Avon's name and, and, and runs it through some through the system and that'll lead to a further scene. But that basically sealed. Or if, or if Orlando wasn't going to be get knocked off as he got arrested, that basically sealed his deal when he uh, used Avon's name. Um, again, just showing you that this guy has no business in the game using the top kingpin's name. And not just not just asking for a lawyer, which you probably which you get arrested, just ask for ask for Levy and just don't say anything. What were your thoughts? Uh I, I mean like that that everything that you said is that's it. So you have Signer mistake, but it is what it is. Signer Carver sitting on the Mondo Mart phone. They uh again, no Herc at this yeah, no Herc. 
uh, sitting there, so they're sitting there in Carver, they sit on that phone and they wait until um, they wait until they're waiting for somebody, waiting for a Barksdale soldier to call uh, from that phone, as they've been, you know, they as they were told in the previous uh, couple of scenes ago by Freeman that they that's something that they would have to do in order to uh, wait for this call for the re for the relay in terms of the re up. So you have them sit, you have them sitting on the phone. Then you have uh, Freeman and Santangelo. Then you have Santangelo on the roof, actually doing police work. Our buddy, our buddy Santangelo is that he's been revived. So he's taking he takes pictures of little man calling, making the call, making the call to Mondo Mart. Uh, Freeman picks up the call. Freeman picks up the call back at the station, back at the detail. Tells Signer about it. Tell Signer about it. Uh, they see the guy making the call, picking up the phone at the, at the Mondo Mart, and then Signer proceeds to follow the dude, the Barstow soldier, to a to a uh, to a stash house that was that they didn't that they that they did not have any clue about uh, that they that belongs to, of course, Avon Barstow. Uh, what were your, these these scenes kind of went all together. That's why I kind of uh, combined. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just yeah they go all together, and it's just kind of like. That that gave them uh, uh, a further viewpoint of the scope of of Barksdale's organization, and like now the police are zeroing in on the actual places they can they can confiscate, they can get get into, um, and so yeah, that 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 showed that. So you have Bunk McNulty, Bunk McNulty, and Wallace. Uh, Wallace has been picked up. Um, he's in the, uh, one of the uh, inter- interrogation rooms sleeping, um, and Bunk lets him know, not Bunk, Minoti lets Bunk know that he did not, that he that he went easy, gave up, basically giving up, was giving up names, gave up Stringer, Weebay, Bird, gave up their names. He said, Minoti explains to Bunk that they didn't, that he barely had the push, that he was ready, that he was ready to go. Uh, clearly, by you know, you see while sleeping. Clearly, he's he's drugged up um, and has been getting high. But that's not the reason that he's ready to go, though. Yeah, no, that's no, that's not the reason why he's no, that's not. Um, but he's he was just he um, he gave up all these names, and McNulty lets Bunk know that you know what he saw, what Wallace saw in terms of uh, Omar's boyfriend being killed, and basically. Basically, you see McNulty being empathetic towards Wallace's uh, situation um, somewhat for McNulty, I, I thought. He, said, he, tells, he tells Bunk, could you imagine seeing that when you wake up or something like something to that extent? What were your thoughts on, on that conversation with Bunk and uh, McNulty? I will expand on that, this McNulty point a little bit later. So I'm going to leave McNulty for later, cause yep, he's gonna get it again. Um, but uh, what I will say to kind of like set set things up is um, just like my thing was just poor Wallace, just poor Wallace. Like like it like we talking about the. I mean, I, anyways, uh, just in that scene um, alone. Uh, uh, if the man doesn't need any more props, but but he gets it from from me on this one, um, cause cause man, Wallace, Wallace was pulling at all the all the heartstrings just in that in that one 
in that one look. And um, the reason why I say it, it, it's not the drugs that made him, made him tell, he's using the drugs because of the impact of what has happened. And not only just the, the, the stick up boy being murdered and dumped and put right in front of him is one thing, but it's the weight of all that. It's the weight of, he, it's the weight of, I can't, this isn't the scene, this, no, uh-uh. He, this is not where they talk about his age and blah, 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 right? That's later. That's a little bit later. So I'll, no, I'll pause a little, Yeah, I'll pause a little bit on, on that. But just in terms of the weight of everything that has happened, um, just in the time frame we've seen Wallace, um, has been a lot. And we've already had D'Angelo. If we if we didn't even um uh he's such a great actor. Why am I blanking on his name? Um uh oh, which one? Wallace. Um, oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is such a great actor. But even beyond like the acting skills, like he he makes us very empathetic for Wallace. Um, uh, but even without that, we have D'Angelo naming it out loud. Like you have a good heart. He has a good heart. Um, and so the weight of this is crushing to him. It's just all too much to deal with. Um, and so. Yeah, I'm just all I, that entire scene. I'm just like poor Wallace. There, McNulty and Buck are outside doing their regular thing, but that's not a regular suspect in in that room. Uh, so to back up on Orlando a little bit, you had Ronnie Moe spotting Orlando in the jail. Ronnie Moe, of course, was arrested earlier in the scene. Um, was taken in the scene where I believe when when Bodie punched the cop. I think Ryan Moe got popped in that scene, but he was arrested earlier in the season. He spots um, Orlando in the city jail, and of course that seals, that, that in essence sealed Orlando's fate once you see a Barksdale soldier spot Orlando in the, uh, in the jail. Uh, so I just wanted to get that in real quick before uh, we moved on. Now we can get to Wallace, Daniels, McNulty. Wallace, in this scene, um, gives up Stringer, not D'Angelo. Um, they tried to press him on Stringer, on not Stringer, but they tried to press him on the Keisha, the uh, the Crescent case with the uh, with uh, Weave Schuler and D'Angelo, the tap 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 story. They tried to press him. He almost he was about. It seemed like he was about to say something, but then caught himself. And says, and then said, D'Angelo's been, D'Angelo's been good, been good to me, but he gave up Stringer and not D'Angelo in, um, in that scene. What were your thoughts? Oh, I mean, just again, Michael B. Jordan's a beast, man. This, this is what this is a beast. He's a beast because he's saying all like when you say like he gave up Stringer, what was actually happening was McNulty was saying things. And then Wallace was nodding, um, particularly around the Stringer thing. He says, you said you did the dot Stringer, and then Wallace, Wallace just kind of nods or whatever. But in the, in the point, like that's acknowledging that. And it's, it's so heavy because the way in which uh, Michael B. Jordan plays it and the way Nollis nods, it's like it's a point of, a, he knows how big a deal this is. Wallace is very, very smart, and he knows how big a deal this is. 
he also is just so tired, <laughs> just so tired, so beat down and so exhausted um, that that like like what you were saying. And then the flip side with D'Angelo, what you were saying is he's he's in that tired state. But because D'Angelo has done so right by him, he can't even in his emotional and just just life weary exhaustion. He can't give himself to give up. He fights it to give up D'Angelo, but he has none of those bears for stringers, whatever. Um, so it's just like, he just, just kind of like, just not, just not. So anyways, um, yeah, 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 Just Wallace, Wallace, great, just No, great. Michael B. Jordan, Wallace. Michael B. Jordan, phenomenal yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Is, and without, he, without even, without even saying anything, just like you say, his, his yeah. body language, his facial expressions, his, you, I mean, you felt, you, he tugged at your heart strings yep. in this, this, in this uh, episode, without question. He was phenomenal. He shows, this is, the, this is a great example of showing, not telling, right? Like they give you the little blurb early on where McNulty goes, he, I barely even, I, you know, I barely even, he was ready to fall. And yes. then Michael B. Jordan shows you what it looks like without telling you a word. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. So you have um, Wallace, no, you have Bunk, Minoti, and Daniel trying to figure out what to do with Wallace. Um, they're trying to figure out that what, what, the, what, the, what the next move is for them. They recognize also that he didn't give up enough information for, for them to go, to, for them to go really after D'Angelo hard. hard. Uh, but they got, of course, they have Stringer and, 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 and uh, Weebay and Bird. But, um, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with with trying to figure out what to do with Wallace. Um, you have Carver, Freeman, and Singer looking at um, Barksdale stash house uh, pictures. Um, these are pictures that they have taken after. Um, these are pictures that have been um, yeah looking at their stash house pictures. So there, this is kind of like a setup for uh, this. It's kind of like a setup for a uh, later scene, um, for a later scene when uh, when Prez and, and when Prez and Signer go go sign kind of undercover. Um, so this is a setup for that. Um, you want to add anything to that for that? To that, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember when is it that McNulty gets the phone call was it in that I mean I have so here's what I'm saying I have a ton to talk about with oh so McNulty so, so McNulty, McNulty gets the phone call I wanted to wait until that no no so all right to your point McNulty gets the phone call as they're, as they're okay. discussing the strategy okay. in terms of what yep. they're going to do with Wallace yeah I'm, okay, I'm ready we're coming up yep, I'm ready Go, so when we that's why I wanted to come yeah, yeah, with that. We're at, at McNulty and Elena and Perlman at the Okay. So the phone call happened in that other scene, right? Yeah. When they were discussing. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right, yep. All right. Now I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go in. Uh all right. So um my the the big thought that popped in my head as I was watching it is I was like, they failed Wallace. They failed Wallace and they shot themselves in the foot. Now it's easy to go back and and play, you know, uh, what a Monday, Monday morning quarterback on, on this. But um, everything up to this point, McNulty's been pushing, pushing this case, pushing this case. Da, 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 da. You have a witness sitting in the chair who ties all of this together. 
right. and y'all can't figure out what to do with him? And particularly McNulty, like, I get it. That's your kids and everything like this. But, yo, you had them tagging Stringer Bell, and therein lies the problem. Stringer Bell wasn't the main target in this one. It was Avon. Wallace couldn't give them Avon. He could give them Stringer Bell, but he could give Avon. And so that knocked him down a priority on McNulty's list. So McNulty goes off. I get it. The kids. I get it. But no. This was, you was driving this. You was driving this. You have somebody that connects it all together. And we know how McNulty gets. I can connect dots for other seasons. I'm just going to do it right now because I'm, I'm, I'm re-watching this. We know how McNulty gets fixated on the top target. Stringer does become the number one target. But in not season right number no, one, no. he was not. No, he, he was not. not. No. He was not. Um, and so, uh, and that, that's part of McNulty's journey, as we will see over, so over the entire thing. So McNulty fails him, and it's an obvious failing, and we know why he fails him um, from, from the coming seasons, but then everybody else in that room failed him. And they do it, they do it over and over again. This is, a, this is a, also a journey. This is the, you know, like, the, like, I, I don't know what I'm sure in if Chad was here, I'd be able to, to, to ask him or I'm sure the writer, everything like this, that's kind of like the, the, like this is the turning point in everybody's journey, whatever that trigger moment is. I don't know what the word would be. So that that's what it would be. But like with bubbles, bubbles is now at this point with whaling confronting his life choices and where he's going to go next. The unit is at a crossroads right here that will determine their kind of like their journey point or excuse me, or the kind of like this, this will, this will define their arc for not only this season, but all seasons to come, right? Like they, they will continue to fail over and over again because they will not recognize the right moment when it's sitting there in their face. This is the flashpoint right here. Wallace is right there. So to your point, not only do you have Wallace, right there in front of you. You, McNulty, there's no way McNulty even takes, forget about going to the court to deal with his wife in that situation. He doesn't even, he, he doesn't even take the call if he feels as strongly about, if he feels as strongly about Avon, about Stringer as you as Avon, if he, if he views Stringer as a top target or if he views this as a, as a priority to your point, because it's not Avon. There's no way he, he doesn't even take the call, let alone leave, let alone, let alone leave the uh, leave the room. Like he he takes the call and then leave and then and, the, and leaves them, leaves the room or leaves the leaves the police station and leaves it up to who you have Daniels and uh, Daniels and Bunk. Yeah, Daniels and, and, and Bunk. I mean, like that's his superior and Bunk is his mentor. So he, I mean, I get it. They failed too. I'm not. I'm not taking it off of them. They failed just as well. But McNulty was driving this bus. No, right. This is, yes, this is your. This is your. This is your case. This is the one you've been pushing since yeah. one. This is your baby. This is your baby. And you just and you bounce off a call. At, at, yeah. When you have a real live person in there that can put everything you've been talking about together. So you have McNulty, his wife Pearlman. He says, before he leaves, he says, I need a lawyer. His wife, of course, is attempting to limit his custody on his, on his, with his kids. Um, we hear about the story. She brings up the story to front and follow that happened uh, last episode. She takes that, she drags that, you know, throws that in his face. 
Um, she also knows that he's cheating with uh, Perlman. Perlman's like basically like that's wow. that's the person he cheated. That that's what we learn kind of breaks up their marriage because right. she hired a private detective. Yeah, yes, she hired. Yeah, she hired a private. Those detective. are fair, not not just like a one night stand. No, 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 no. They've been no, they've been going. They've been yeah. together for a while now. So Perlman's basically like, what, why, like, why am I even here? Like Perlman has no interest in this whatsoever. whatsoever. She's not. She's not a divorce lawyer. She's not a divorce lawyer. She's not a divorce lawyer. She's not, not a divorce lawyer. You can't, it's not just hire any lawyer any of anything. You need a divorce law or, or, or parent custody. You know what I'm trying to say. That type. He's not. She's not that. She's like what? So, man, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, so she's like whatever. I don't. She's like whatever. I don't. This Family is law. Yeah. This, whatever. This is not my cup of tea. The judge basically, you know, gives them both both McNulty's to read them the, the riot act. Uh, sends them out the courtroom to kind of figure it out and make nice for the judge. So they come, they 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 leave the courtroom. She tells him that she, of course, she tells him that she knows about the best that you know he's sleeping with her and and all that stuff. And then he, you know, he says that he still loves her. So they go back in the courtroom and try to make nice for the judge. But the big piece, the big piece is even forget all that. The big piece is the fact that he left to go to he left. The police station to go even deal with that. That's the big piece of all of that. To your point, getting back to where you, your original point about them failing Wallace and him failing uh, Wallace in particular. So you have Orlando and Levy. Levy forces Orlando to sign papers to take his name off the club, transfer his name off the club. He basically says, "Look, man, you're not clean anymore. You are. You are front." Your name is a front supposed to be clean. You are you are not that at this point. Um, at first, uh, Orlando uh, kind of refuses to sign, but Levy basically says, "This is, you know, you really want you know, you really want to tell him that you refuse to sign these papers. Like you, like this, this is what you really want to do." Uh, Orlando signs, and I, I love this line at the end um, by <laughs> by Levy. Said you wanted to be in the game, now you're in the game. <laughs> so he leaves on that. Levy leaves on that note. Orlando's name is now completely off the uh, fronts uh, for the bus for the uh, liquor license. So he's they transfer that over. And you know, Lee is another example of showing you what how much how much importance that Levy has to their organization as well. So that that was kind of, that scene kind of showed that. In terms of the type of work that he that he's doing that he does for them and how how involved he and we will see in further episodes how much how much really he, how much involvement that he really has how much they really respect what he says yeah they, they, it's called a dirty lawyer that's that's yeah, how no, he's other yeah, no, he's, <laughs> it's called he's, how is yeah he's very dirty he's yeah. dirty no he's yeah same. lawyers should not be <laughs> co like like coercing clients. Into doing things for major drug dealers, like no, that's that's that that's called a dirty lawyer. Yes, he is very much, but he's I mean he's very much a part of the or and very much the mafia, you know, crime like like you know John God like stuff like that, like where the lawyer is an extension of their their. Yeah, he sound, you know, he's like he sound Goodman. He sound, he sound Goodman like yeah. Right, question. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So you have uh, Stringer. Omar and Prop Joe um, meet down. It seemed, it seemed like it was the harbor down at the harbor in Baltimore. Uh, they're trying to negotiate negotiate this truce. Um, Prop Joe 
is the mediator of this. Uh, it's kind of like the in-between person of this. Prop Joe and, of course, Omar Prop Joe pretend like they don't know each other. Um, and you have, then you have uh, Prop Joe saying, I'm making out like one of these divorce, like a divorce, one of these divorce lawyers <laughs> who tells, uh, tells his wife that she needs to uh, give some more head to, his, uh, to her husband. So he 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 gets, he gets a, I, I'm assuming that he got paid for that, that he got compensated for to make that meet. Yeah, they uh, talked they talked about it at the beginning of that scene. Him and um Stringer. Stringer, yes. So prop Joe, classic prop Joe fashion. He's going to get something out of this. Um, so you have so prop Joe in, makes the in, makes the introduction. He he walks away, and then you have Omar and Stringer discussing the truce. Uh, Omar tries to get Stringer to use Avon's name and try to get more information on Avon from that standpoint. He was wearing a wire. Of course, uh, I don't think that uh, Stringer knew he was wearing a wire, but of course Stringer is, is careful in terms of what the, his language and what he says. Um, he says that he's willing to settle for basically, uh, if we find, we come to find out, I don't think he's, I don't think that he, he made the offer in this scene, but we come to find out that he that Omar was offered five thousand dollars for a truce. Omar said, Omar said like ten thousand. Yeah, five to ten thousand. Yeah, ten thousand. He 10, says ten thousand. They offer him five thousand. But we we find out why he did that at the very end. Anyway, so we so Omar so Stringer says so basically Stringer says look it's gonna be more soldiers on one end than the other uh, in terms of this letting Omar know. He's basically by himself versus a whole army of Barksdale soldiers, uh, too. So that kind of like ends the scene. Not in, well, that doesn't end the scene. You see Omar go in the, the car with Kima and uh, McNulty. And uh, he says, you know, basically says, um, I try, I did what I could, did what I could, takes the wire off. And uh, Kima, you know, uh, Kima speaks of how careful. Stringer was in terms of uh, his the, the words and the language that he used during the meeting. What were your thoughts on this scene? With yeah, fantastic scene. I have so much to say about it. Um, so the the big thing about this is, you know, we we use the chess analogy, uh, the chess analogy a lot, right? And a lot of times when people are talking about chess analogies, they're talking about like how someone thinks several moves ahead in order to beat somebody. Well, a lot of times in chess, it's about just figuring out what your opponent's trying to do next, and you do bet next, and then they do something else next, and then they do something else next. And so a lot of times for, for a part of a, uh, of a chess game, not, the, super, not, the, not the, the ones where they're just going like thousands of miles per hour, like they're just calculating so much things, but just, just kind of like a normal chess game, a lot of it ends in a lot of stalemates, honestly. That's how chess ends, ends, ends out. And so I say that to say this scene was about showcasing the intellect of both Omar and Stringer Bell. The specifics of what they were talking about do not matter because they both were making plays against each other that had nothing to do with what they were talking about. The talking, the, the conversation was to lead them into the next thing that would have been their, their downfall. Omar's working with the police. He's trying to get Stringer to, to give up X, Y, and Z. Who, like Avon would have been cherry on top, but whatever he gave up. He's just trying to get him to talk. Stringer, of course, is too disciplined for that. Stringer's trying to figure out a way to, to implement his strategy, of course, of uh, we just wait, get him out in the open, and then that's when we hit him. 
Avon, I mean, uh, Omar, of course, is too smart for that. So Omar says the money amount, but not because he wants the actual money, but to see what Stringer's response to the money is going to be. This is playing chess. This is exactly what, what it is. Um, so they're, 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 they're mentally combating with each other. It's not about who has how many soldiers on what side, whatever. That's a point that he's making in there. But what the big thing is, it's about how the other person is reacting and what they can get the other person reaction to be into the specific, and to get them into their specific move so that they can ultimately do checkmate. It's a beautiful scene. No, it was, yeah, it, it was, uh, <clears throat> this was, you know, this is tying a lot of stuff in terms of how these two dudes operate. Your chest analogy is right on. Yeah, wait, really quick. I just want to say this one last thing. And it, the reason why it's so beautiful is because for for like up until this point in time, I'll I'll try to think back, but the the knock always is that um white criminals, the mafia, are geniuses, kingpins, da 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 da, da like get all these laudy names, even though they're doing these horrible things. And um, black criminals are just regulated to drug dealers and crackheads, right? And so, um, not to say, you know, anything about glorifying, but it's just showing the intellect of these characters. Like, they're not in these, they're not just these brutish animals running around shooting things, that there's some intellect to this. And so, while it's showing, of course, a very negative thing, um, these are still characters in a story. Instead of demonizing black men, it's actually showing them as being intellectual beings, um, which is very cool to see. Yeah, and Omar. I mean, Omar went into that scene. Not there was nothing that Stringer could say to him that he was going to get him to like trust him completely. He just no, it's not about trust. Neither one. Not, of them going to trust he, yeah, he, no, of course not. So he he. He, he wanted to see where they, like you said, he wanted to see what, where they were coming from. Once he expect, he expected that he, and with this scene, right, and I'm gonna hold it off because this scene, pays, yeah, 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 this we scene got, pays we off got, yeah, 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 we so got to connect scene, those two. This scene pays off at the end of yep. that, so I'll, I'll hold off to that, um, till then. Um, so you have, you have Kima, and by the way, no, before that, before you get to this. Don't do not. What is the rank of this? This is man. This episode is. No, this episode. No, this episode is high. No, no, no. I'm like you said, Kima. I was like, man, we haven't even got. Yeah, got to know. Yet. We haven't even got to know. Wow. Yeah. This, this is the right mind. This was the mind. Yeah. This was the mind. This was the mind. Yeah. Yeah. When you said Kima, I was like, wow, we haven't even got to Kima yet, man. Yeah. There's a lot going on this episode. This was the monster. This was the monster. Wow. I want people to. I want people to put a bookmark to the fact that it's not, it is not um, coincidence that Prop Joe was a part of that meeting. I want people, I want people to bookmark that, the Prop Joe, Omar, Stringer. I want people to really just put a book, just put a bookmark next to that for, for the for, uh, future, future references. Not, not anytime soon, but for, for the future. Just kind of keep that, keep that in mind because that, that will not be the last time we see that, that those threesome together, that threesome together. Um, so you have uh, Wallace, you have uh, Wallace and Daniels. Daniels, now again, before they, Daniels drives Wallace down to his grandmother's house. So it, it, it turns out, like, when they had the discussion in terms of options, they couldn't find a place. They were like, 
they were not the police department they was no, too we, cheap and stingy yes, yes to put him in a hotel room to put him in a hotel room because he was a junior a juvenile and they didn't see the value in him yeah so they like implicit in his value wasn't what he was going to give what was what was stated in the value like in the equation of what they were going to do with him was he's so young he might order room service he might but 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 so then somebody they have to pay somebody to look after him and da, 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 everything like that and so like that like i want to be very clear on that it's because they were too cheap and did not value him as a witness that's why he's with his grandma no, they drive his the other option. You had you had that, you had the hotel as an option, you had the grandmother as a second option. They drive him down. Perlman says, Well, you better just go with the grandmother. Uh go with the grandmother, go to the grandmother's house who's down in the country. Um so you have Daniels before I before you even get to the drive down to the grandmother's house. Wait, really quickly, uh, let me let me zip back to that. Cause I'm I'm I like this is this is you want to talk about failure. And this is, again, I have to point this out because this is a failure that happens over multiple seasons, over and over again. So this is, this is a big point in it. So the first option is, can anybody stay? Can you just stay with them? Nope, nobody wants to do that. No. Then the second option is the hotel, all the reason hotel. And then McNulty asked Perlman, hey, can you run it up to your people, see if anybody else, would, you can shake some cash? Because the police department definitely is going to give me money. Can y'all shake up some cash? For uh, and she's like, nah, 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 nah. This is a witness over a case they have been, this is a prime witness over a case they've been going months and months and months and going round and round and round. And they can't figure out how to set him up so that he's not the, uh, the and it's because they don't value him. Like that is that is very specifically, it's because they don't see the value in him that they're not willing to protect him. Yeah, he's not taking down Avon. Back to your other point. He's I mean, not. it's Avon, but it's also, I mean, like, just to get a little bit deeper because the wire, I mean, the, the wire deserves it. They, they say these things as well. They don't value him as a witness. If that was a white boy, it would not be the same thing. It's just that simple. Let's call, let's call a spade a spade. And so it's just like, and like, remember, like, when they're even, the police, how they describe Wallace is this yay, this yayo. Right, like, oh, you want, yeah, what yeah, about yeah, this? this yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a potential major witness in our c criminal conspiracy. We might want to keep an eye out for him. We might want to be. We might want to do that, but because he's just a project, yeah, yo, project nigga, they don't care. To your point, I mean, McNulty is the reason why McNulty had to bribe the police officers with uh, crab cakes and beer. Yeah, they would have left. <laughs> or in his mind, he thinks they just would have just been like, man, who cares? Like, it wouldn't have been a big enough deal for them. Yeah, no no question about it. Uh, so even before they drive down to the grandmother's uh, place, um, you have Daniel saying, Daniel saying, hey, before we leave, we can grab dinner. Now, the reason why I bring this up, bring this up because I figured that Wallace, Wallace does not have a lot of money. He's living, he's living, he's living in a shithole. So you would think that, now his response he's a teenager. What teenager has a lot of money? No, a teenager no, living on his own. No, right. so he, so you would think when Daniels brings up dinner, you'd be like, you figure like, oh damn, what are we going to eat? Like you'd be ready to eat a, Eat, eat, eat a horse. Wallace is so 
so out of it, especially drugged up. He's too sick to even, he, he's not even thinking about food. He's like, it's like, no, nah, like, I don't, you know, I'll just, I'll just hang on, eat these Twizzlers basically. Um, so I, I found that interesting that, uh, and Daniels, and Daniels says, hey, are you going to be, how long, then Daniels, then Daniels figures out, you know, figures out, like, look, it comes to Daniels, hey, this kid has been using, he's been using a lot. He asks Wallace how much he's been using. And basically Wallace says, uh, like, a, a cap a day or something to that extent. And of course, we saw, we know Wallace has been using, we saw him buying drugs in previous episodes, Pooh seeing him buy drugs uh, on the corner a couple episodes ago. We saw him using in his, uh, in his, in his place um, a few episodes back. So he's, you know, and then this was the brilliant performance, brilliance by Michael B. Jordan in terms of he looks completely done. Physically, mentally, he looks shot, completely shot. So I, 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 it was important, very important that I, that I give you that picture of what he looked like before they even took that drove that drive that that drive down to um, his grandmother's house. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything. You're, you you nailed it. Avon Weebe Stringer Chardine. So you have Avon Weebe and Stringer are in Stringer in Avon's office upstairs. Uh, Chardine comes up to give them drinks, and this I, I love this scene because it, it, you could. This scene could be easily passed off, but this just shows you the brilliance of this show. She comes in the room with the drinks. She gives off the drinks, gives them the drinks, and Weebay is about to just start running his mouth about Omar and, and what have you. We don't even hear the whole conversation because that's we're not meant to hear the whole conversation. Avon was like, hold, 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 stop, stop. Avon says, hold up. Thank you, darling, to the girl, to that, some to that nature. Let's her head out, closes the door. She tries to hear, but she barely can hear anything through the, through the doors, noises, music, of course, out from the club. But I, I just love the fact, now again, we don't hear the full conversation, but we can, we can, we can make out that they were talking about Omar and the, the, the truce and all that and, and what, had, what came about from the uh, Stringer conversation with Omar. So assuming that that was the conversation, but I just, I, I just loved how, careful they show Avon and why Avon is the kingpin in terms of that scene. What were your thoughts? Yeah, they, they follow their rules. They follow their rules. Um, I, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, no, but hold on. I'm gonna stop, let, me stop, let me stop you there. It wasn't at that point, you say they. It wasn't they because Stringer and Weave was about to start talking. Avon had to stop, had to, had to stop them Weebay from saying anything, say like, yo, hold up. He said, hold up. And he closed the door. So I thought, I thought them showing Avon following the rules rather than Stringer than, 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 and Weebay was, was purposeful. Was, yeah, yeah he's purposeful. right. It's Avon, Avon's the boss. It's his rules. You're absolutely right about that. Um, we didn't get, I'll, I'll connect. The thing that I was going to focus on was Chardine, but I'll connect it when we get to the, uh, the, uh, her and um, Lester. A Freeman uh, scene. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so we have um, Kima. Kima's out with her girlfriend and a couple other friends out at, out at a bar. They're getting drunk. Um, Kima tells a story about basically her initiation to being a cop or when she first fell in love with, with the job. Um, 
first fell in love with the job. She gets the, the approval of an officer that had been, of an officer, that, of a well-known officer that has been, that has been highly respected within the department. And, and um, she earns his approval. And then she, then she ends the conversation with says, and then he dropped, he dropped the, the bracelets. So he dropped the bracelets because he says, he basically, he basically giving her that a boy or that a girl in terms of what she's done uh, during this particular arrest. So he allows her to make, to cuff, I'm assuming that he allowed her to cuff the, uh, whoever they were arresting. And so she's giving you her some insight into why she felt, why she loves police work and why she initially falls and fell in love with being a cop. Um, the important part, of course, obviously that story, but her girlfriend doesn't approve of it, uh, doesn't approve of it. So she and Akima acknowledges that, um, acknowledges that that aspect and uh, they go on taking shots and, and what have you. And, um, and first, and the girl, the girl to begin the story, the girl asked her, asked Kima why she, why she became a cop and she got initially told the story. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, um, I mean, I, it's again, this this one is, you know, setting up a big part of Kima's journey through the entire series, what's going to go on. Um, now that I've been saying this a lot, I wonder when they found out they were going to be new. Um, the, so, like, like this, yeah, setting up that journey, her part of her journey throughout the ent entire series, because you're absolutely right, that, you know, that that's going to be a big story, a big piece that they, she, she's not happy with that. And we'll, we'll see the ramifications of all of it. But I mean, honest, I mean, like, obviously, uh, it also sets up what's about to come. Um, we're going to get, we, we get a little bit more depth of Kima's life and like what makes her why she was a cop. So you start to relate, you can relate to her story, um, which makes what happens even more impactful, right? And then um, you can understand other characters' point of view uh, of why they might be a little bit hesitant of this whole cop thing. Um, so it, it does a great job of setting up what's to come in this episode, what's to come in this season, and then also her journey as a character over the series. No question about it. Um, so then we have Signer and Prez going somewhat undercover, not undercover, as trash as trash pickup people, um, sanitation workers. That's the word I'm looking for. Sanitation workers. They go and uh, pick up trash from a Barksdale stash house. Um, one of the few times that Prez is, is out of office, so that was a big part of that scene. Um, so that they go pick out some trash from the Barksdale stash office stash house which will would late which will be payoff later on not in this episode we'll, that we'll we'll see some payoff from that later on in, in the season um we have uh troy wiggins which is, which is the undercover cop that busted orlando goes down to the detail and he of course he he tells them about orlando they make the connection with orlando he tells them that Orlando's giving up names, giving up Avon's names, tells them that, you know, about the, that he busted Orlando. Of course, they make the connection. They have Orlando, of course, on the board of a wall of criminals and, that they have in the office. Of course, and also we find out that tr that he knew Kima from way back when, uh, from around the time she first started on the force. So you have that connection uh, with that. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Um. 
Yeah, I mean the 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 it's the the dots are starting. You can you can feel you can feel the momentum picking up in this episode, right? Like it's just like it's just like we said what either last episode or the episode before that it's down it's kind of like you were at the top of that roller coaster now it's downhill this is whatever's that most you know or the, like the part before the most frightening part this is it this is it right here or like right at that frightening part given how the episode ends but the momentum is just picking up in this episode and so now all the different dots are starting to connect or all the things are starting to line up in terms of uh of you can start to see how the case how the police's case is coming together. Like this episode shows you now the tangible ways all this can come together. And then the end happens. <laughs> oh man, it's a good episode. Yeah. It was a really Char- good episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chardine and, and Freeman, so Chardine and Freeman meet up. She uh, is describing uh, what she saw or what she didn't see at the Barksdale office at the Orlando's club and offices. He, she basically has nothing for, um, for Freeman. He, we, we find out, then he recognizes or sees, he basically, she basically tells us she couldn't see, can't see very well without her glasses, tells him that she doesn't wear glasses, of course, while you know, she's a, she, you know, is a stripper, so she's not gonna wear her glasses while she's working. Um, she described one of the dudes that she saw as tall and that basically was it. She said she didn't hear. Basically, she didn't get anything out in terms of hearing, didn't hear anything. Uh, so this triggers something in Freeman's mind that we will see later on, not in this episode, but in the future. So this trick will we'll doubt, this will pay off later on in the season. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think you're being very kind to Freeman that this particular thing triggered anything. He's a man, she's a woman. That triggered it from the beginning. Um, but well, I felt like that even, was, I felt like that I felt like even with that, but I did want to connect. I'm I'm being facetious, sir. I'm joking. Um, even even with even with that part being said, my wondering, you're right. Like I can't separate. This is another one of those instances where I can't separate what I know from this scene. Um, uh, I wonder if he didn't have those feelings for him, or if he wasn't triggered in there. How many more times she would have had to go back in the club, right? This is the difference between Charlene and other characters in the show in terms of, or she, the way that she's treated is very, very different from from how (laughs) others are treated in terms of how much we can get out of you. Basically, she says, I can't see, I couldn't hear. And he goes, okay, (laughs) you're done. Like, what? Like, no, that's not how how they treat anybody else. Like, so... So um, on one end, there's a there's a thing that that could be like, okay, he's the opposite of McNulty. He's not going to like force somebody into uncomfortable situation. But then, like I said, I can't take what I what you already know. Yeah, no, and I know that there's an underlining pending there of attraction, and then whatever you know what results from that. And so so it looks very convenient for her that she didn't have to try uh, that there was no other move to be made there um and i'm not saying it's right to put her in that situation i'm just saying the way that she was handled was very different from how other characters are handled when they sit in that chair across the table 
They didn't. They didn't handle nah. Orlando. They didn't handle Orlando. Nah, like. They handled nobody <laughs> like that. Nobody got handled oh. like that. <laughs> nobody. Charlene oh got that that A plus. Yeah. Yes. VIP. Uh, uh, VIP treatment. Yes. In terms of witness, terms of witness, yes. We, yes. Well, look at look at the witnesses <laughs> in this episode: Wallace, Charlene, yeah. Orlando. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, no, comparison. No, no comparison at all. No comparison at all. None. Zero. Zero. They did not put her. No, no. <laughs> so speaking of, oh, man. Speaking of yep. Orlando, we have Kima, Daniels, Perlman, McNulty discussing what they're going to do, uh, what they're going to do with Orlando. And so what they're going to do with Orlando. So we'll, We'll push that towards later on the episode because they they still they're kind of still going over. We'll find out. We we will, we will find out what the strategy was, and I have plenty to say, plenty to say about this that strategy. Um, so you have them discussing what they're going to do with Orlando. Um, then uh, Kima meets with um, Bubbles, and Bubbles asks her for money for money. Of course, he's trying to get he's trying to get his own place. He is trying to get his life in order, trying to get clean. Uh, at first, she's, uh, she's annoyed at first because she thought she didn't know what it was for. Um, but then she, of course, she says, she tells him she's happy. She, of course, she's happy for him. She uh, agrees to pay him, give some money, give him the money. Doesn't give him on the spot. She says, meet me, meet me tomorrow. She says, I have to do something tomorrow. I have to do something tonight. Meet me tomorrow. Um, what were your thoughts on that scene? Ah, uh, this is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It was very devastating. <laughs> just shattering scene because knowing what's going to come is just, just, uh, awful. <laughs> it makes you feel awful. I was so well acted by both, by both, by both actors. Like I know his name, Andre Royal. Royal, I always forget her name. Sonia, her real Sonia, name. Sonia, Sonia, yeah. Sonia. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, like this is it was awesome to watch these two work together in that scene. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's devastating. It's just a devastating scene. Like there's not there's literally nothing. They did a hell of a job, and because they did such a hell of a job, it's devastating. It breaks your heart, no, <laughs> and you're no just question. like Kima's. Like I I think like so so I'll just completely just put fan hat on. I got no big time analysis of that because they you know i'm just in the scene they created the moment i'm in it um and so literally like just purely what i was saying to myself i was like keem is just such a good person <laughs> like literally i'm just like this cementer she's just such a good person and i'm just like bubbles can't catch a break <laughs> like those two things were literally what i was thinking like you know seeing the knowing all like da 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 that's how in the moment they that everything about that scene creates like i was just thinking about what was going on in that moment with those characters nothing else so you have uh Kima, no we already went with that daniels forrester and burrell Burrell just completely disregards the wire and says, I want buy, I want buy bus. I want buy bus. I don't, you know, I don't give a shit about this wire. Basically, bubbles, not bubbles. Daniels is basically saying, look, we can't, that's not how we get Avon Barstow or any other top people in the drug game. They're not gonna get close to drugs. It's a waste of time. Um, it's a waste of time. But again, Burrell hasn't been with this case from the start. He's been against this. 
against this case, especially going back to political, the money. Well, they, that, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the big, that's, that's the big that, part yeah. of it. Yep. That is the part of it. He didn't want no part of that. That pissed him off even to another level. So he, he demands buy bus. Um, that's how that scene ends. Um, we didn't, okay. We didn't get to Omar and McNulty. Um, Omar realizes again that it was a trap that the, uh, it was a trap because he tells, it was a trap by the bar sales because he says that, he says that if they would have been, if they would have offered him nothing, even he thought he would have been like, all right, all right, all right they're keeping it real. But the fact that they offered him $5,000, $10,000 to come down to the, uh, to the pit or to the towers, he wasn't buying that part of it. He lets McNulty know that he wasn't buying that. Um, he gets some money from McNulty before he heads off to New, to, uh, New York. Uh, McNulty, of course, lets him know that we're gonna need you, you know, stay, you know, stay healthy, stay alive. We're gonna need you for the Gantt trial. Of course, that's bread, that's for the future, uh, for that Gantt trial, of course, to, for him being the main uh, witness or being the testifier, of course, that we know he lied about. But um, this scene, of course, is the payoff from the uh, Stringer prop joke scene, that, that whole meeting. Uh, what they what you what you talked about the two playing chess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'll just expand on it because it's actually said here. Um, and so, uh, like I said, Omar floats out ten thousand to Stringer. Stringer goes back to Avon and says, because Avon was like, he's trying what he's trying to just get my pocket, trying to get, get back pocket. in my pockets and everything like that. Um, and so and so Stringer comes back with a uh with the or not i mean it gets word back, back to avon that that five, they settled on five thousand dollars now it's more it's important about that avon stringer interaction to me the thought i think there's so much in this episode i cannot go off on a tangent on this um but i will say the thought crossed my mind that maybe stringer was playing for the top spot this entire time um that that just popped into that popped into my head. I have examples, but I don't want I don't want to derail. I really don't. Um, we brought up the Kima thing, and I was like, we haven't even gotten to Kima. I was like, I can't, I can't. So, um, put a pin on that. I'll I'll talk I'll talk more about that. But made, no, we got to get to Kima. We have to. You made, made me think about. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. We just, I just can't. I can't. I can't derail. We have we have to do what happened just. All right. Um, and so with that being said, then I'm just going to just go on to the fact that then Omar says that's the, he literally says to McNulty, that's the reason why I said a money amount. That's why I said it. Because if they would have just told me be glad for living and buy, then I would have been like, okay, maybe this is a real thing. Maybe this whole parlay is a real thing. But the fact that they wanted that they were willing to give him anything. And again, Avon clearly says, uh-uh, we're not giving you nothing. Um, so the fact that they want to, yeah, says it's a stringer. Um, so that just that just backs up uh 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 Omar's story, like visually backs up our his 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 side, his version, why he's telling Nolte. Nolte doesn't know that Stringer and Avon have had this conversation. That's for us, the viewers. Um, and so uh and so like so that backs it up like like he knows that all stringer was trying to do was get lure him out he never intended to pay him five thousand dollars 
um, for, for, you know, good, like, here you go money. Like, nah, he was trying to lure him out to kill him. So anyways, that's, that's the tangible way of where we can see what Omar's play was in that whole scene. Um, Cause it wasn't obvious when they're in the court talking to each other, but then they break down how smart Omar is in this scene. Yeah. I want you, I want you to put a bookmark next to your stringer point for next episode. Cause I think next episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I said the whole, the whole, the whole, I mean, like, of course, season three informs me, but watching it again, I'm like, I didn't catch on to how early he was maneuvering. And to keep in our chess uh, analogy, he's playing both Omar and Avon. And uh, I, I can submit evidence that says that. I'll get some, that. that yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so you have, uh, yeah, so Omar leaves. McNulty gives him a little cash. He goes, heads to uh, New York City, um, heads to New York City, and that basically wraps up the Omar part of season one, to be honest with you. Um, he makes one more appearance, but one more appearance that, uh, that we'll, we'll see. But um, so he's, on, he's out, he's, he's out, he's in the wind now, he's in New York. Um, Daniels, Kima, Carver, McNulty, um, Perlman. So they're going over the strategy uh, with, with Orlando. They, the government, not the government, the FBI fronts gives them $30,000 in cash to buy money, to buy drugs from Savino, who was going, going to be in the car with them. So. I guess the strategy was you're gonna take this money, buy the drugs, from, do a buy bus with Savino and hope that Savino starts talking recklessly about Avon and Stringer and what have you. I, I got plenty, I have plenty on this, this fucked up plan because it, oh. it was a fucked up plan. To say I, the I'll, then I'll, I'll keep it short then. Um, you know, like the, the fatal flaw of this police department as depicted in this show is that they keep saying these are our tried and true methods and they work. And we keep seeing opposite example after opposite example and then it culminates in this. So go ahead. Oh, uh, that's all I had to say. Go. Right, no, go no, that's fine. No, no, that's it. I'm done. Oh, I'm okay, done. So, so I guess that was the strategy. They give him the money. He's in the car. We can go directly to the scene. He's in the car with uh, Kima. Orlando's driving his car. Uh, nice car, by the way. That's a classic car. I don't forgot what it was, but it's one of those one of those old, like some type of Cadillac, what have you, or old Lincoln. Um, he's driving the car. Kima's in the car. Savino's in the car. So they're driving. The police are on them. Um, so you have Daniels and McNulty. You have uh, Carver and uh, Hurricane Signal, yeah, basically the whole, the entire detail minus minus uh, Presbyluski and and minus Presbyluski, and I don't think I don't think Herc, I don't think Herc, yeah, Herc was there too. So basically the entire de de detail minus Presbyluski. They're playing music in the car. So but right away, Savino gets in the car. He turns the music up. So right away, you you get a sense that Savino is like who, like what, what, why are you with this girl? So Savino, I think, was tipped off from that standpoint because he turns the music up 
as she's talking, as Orlando's talking, as she's talking. So she's, they're driving and she's trying to give them signals on where they're going. She's get, trying to get the cop signals on where they're going. Music's loud. Uh, they lose the cops because the, uh, the hoppers switch the signs. So they lose the cops. They lose the cops for just enough time to, 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 to get to the, you know, the ending scene. They park in the alleyway or, or by an alleyway. Um, the cops are, the cops are close, but not close enough. Um, and they park the car. Savino gets out the car and says, wait, I'm going to get your stuff. We knew what time it was after that. We knew we knew what that was going to lead up to. He he disappears, and we and you see two Barksdale soldiers, which we know who they are. Uh, we, we know what we know who they were. Two Barksdale soldiers come out shooting. Come out shooting. They shoot, kill Orlando, shoot Kima, and then eventually the cops get to. Uh, they hear the gunshots, and eventually the cops get to. Uh, get to Kima and Orlando. And um, yeah, that was the scene. Um, I, hitch, I, I quoted, I gave a quote at the end of this episode to you from McNulty from last episode. I hope I got it right. Stupid criminals make stupid cops because, so everybody fucked up on this scene. I'm not going to flush out how the Barksdale's fucked up because that would take away from next episode. You you will see how you. First of all, they, 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 I mean, I, I mean, they shot undercover cops. That's to me. That's you fucked up. Shot undercover cops with, without knowing that they didn't know she was undercover, but they shot undercover cops. So that's their fuck up. But we'll we will flush out the Barksdale's flush flush out the Barksdale's fuck up in episode eleven, and we'll go into that. And we'll deep dive that. The cops fuck up is, is that. So what, again, I just want to know what was the plan. You put, you put Orlando in this position. You have to know that the Barstas do not trust Orlando. He's been busted by the cops. So you put him out there. What, you think that Savino is going to talk about Avon and Stringer in the car while he's making, while he's making his drug deal? And you don't guess that they're not going to be, they're not going to, be fishy that Orlando has thirty thousand dollars in cash. Like you, like you as a cop, they're not gonna say think to yourself. You've been because you've been investigating the bar sales for uh, ten episodes now. You know how smart they are. You know how organized. You know how detailed they are. You're not gonna assume that it's gonna look bad. It's gonna look just somewhat fishy for thirty for, for him to have thirty thousand dollars. Which again, that will get flushed out in episode eleven. So bookmark that point. So this this was a this plan was completely fucked up. They. They then, of course, they get they get nothing out of it, and they get Kima they get Kima shot, and Orlando gets killed, which by which to them probably was I don't know they just willing to just sacrifice Orlando for the better for the, the cause of the case. But to me, I just didn't the risk versus the reward did not equate at all, and I just don't get I just don't at ten episodes into the season, but this is episode ten. I did not get how bad I cannot understand how fucked up this plan was i just can't understand how they could be how they could be this bad of this of a, of a plan considering considering that you put one of your own in harm's way at that go ahead yeah um i mean i don't really have i mean like the ramifications of this will be very clear i mean like the the 
the writers of the show, the characters of the show will enact your frustration <laughs> very quickly. Nobody comes out of this. This is like what you said is perfect way to say it. Nobody comes out of this looking good. Nobody, nobody. It was, it was, it was bad from all, from all parts of it. So I'll take it from, a, from another angle, just because you, I mean, there's literally nothing I have to add to that. You nailed it perfectly. Um, and so like, I'll take it from the angle of, um, of just like what we were talking about with Kima and like her, like her journey. Right. And it's like, um, like Kima, I think in this season in particular, this episode, this was kind of like her coming out party as a integral character of this show and um, a character that they were going to give layers to, we're going to give time to. Before this, I think it was just like, oh, Kim is the interesting looking one on the police force. She's smart, da da da, everything like that. But this is the one where they they kind of like chose to give her layers. And like, here's where like I think like where the show kind of like separates itself from other things. Um, in another show, everything revolves around McNulty, right? Like, so somebody, if it's not McNulty, who's the one who gets up shot in this episode? It's his wife that gets shot, his kids that get shot, something like that. Then it's like, oh, McNulty. And so they take a character who up until this point in time, I would say it's peripheral, would have been peripheral. Like they're, they're, she had moments, but no, no for real moment. And like you said, this is the first like big and they, they, they are very good at pacing them out. Um, big like, oh shit moment of this series. And they give it to Kima. Right, like they like like she she's one of the ones, and so like that like like to zoom out a little bit um, to for a show to do that, not only not a, a male cop, not only not a white cop, but a female non-white uh, police officer actually getting the dramatization around around in a in in what up to this point in time had been a vehicle for McNulty's character or whatever his, what's his name? I'm blanking on it. Jim something, right? Isn't it Jim? What's his name? Um, I'm blanking on it. Uh, the actor's name, like like it being his show, this kind of opened up the idea of the ensemble, right? Because anything can happen to any of the characters. And so then, the, then all of the police by de facto becoming main character and not just this is a McNulty. This is the McNulty show. Um, so yeah, so was just, I mean, this, I mean, it's fantastic from all like so many different levels is impactful from storytelling point and like the the everything like that. Um, but since you laid it out so clearly, I I just zoomed zoomed in from it from that angle. There's a million different ways you can look at what. Well, no, also too, it it, it so it depicts that during that chase, so to speak, or not chase, but during them following them. Um, we saw this in the last episode. Avon loses them in the streets with cops following him. They lose the cops in the streets with them being followed, uh, even though they didn't know that, even though I don't think they, I don't think that Orlando, well, Orlando knew, he knew subconsciously, but he's not trying to get away. He, he's not trying to uh, purposely uh, elude the cops. But the bottom line is, 
it, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that in both cases that the cops showing that the, the, the criminals, so to speak, know the streets better than the police. Then you have back-to-back episodes. Avon, you know, loses the cops, and then you have the cops having a hard time keeping up, even though they know, even though they know where, he, even though they know where he's going to, or have a sense of where he's going. They have, I mean, they have, they have a cheat, they have a cheat code in the car, and they still find a way to not be able to get there uh, in time, in, in time to, uh, to to save to save Kima. Um, to keep him from getting shot, I should say. Um, to keep her, the boyfriend, the boyfriend from getting shot. So I think it, it, it depicted that. And and two characters in this story, in this episode, and this was this definitely was intentional. Wallace, Kima, those are caught, those that we the reason why this episode was so powerful, we we're rooting for these characters, two characters. We want Wallace to get out. We want Wallace to get out. You know, we want him to get to you know, go back to school. We want him to get out the drug game. We want him to get adopted. Whatever. We we're rooting for Wallace. We we see Kima. Kima's easy to root for. She's a good cop. She's taking in Bob. She's doing shit for him. So she gets shot. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what? No, why you shoot her? Because it's not. But it doesn't have. <coughs> does not have the. If McNulty gets shot, it doesn't. A lot of people probably want to see McNulty get shot if he were to get no, shot. I'm not, no, that's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, he's a valuable character. He's not. It, no, it, I'm saying he's valuable, but he no, presents he, him no, as no, no, good. No, no. He, they present him as, as, as a good guy. He's a. He's a. He's a. I mean, they present him as a as a good police officer. No, they no. I'm saying no. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same. If McNulty were to get shot, to me, would not have the same impact as a Kima getting shot. Well, I mean, like yes and no. The writers could have wrote it that way because up until again, up until that point in time, all of our police proceed everything revolves around like the the cops, NYPD Blue, the male white, they like all of that. So they you you can generate empathy for that. I agree with you. It was very very great that they went with Kima. It's very great that they did that. Yeah. And then also, I as you were talking, and you were like, yes, you know, she did, she, like, keep me sorry. What was awesome is at the time, we had no idea that she survived. <laughs> we had no, no idea. No, no, so no, it's no. just like in the moment, yeah, like, even though, yeah, we know what happens, um, you just, you didn't have an eye. So that's, that's also what made it just such a big, just like, holy shit moment. Um, as you said, it's just like, you know, it just, you just didn't know it was it was truly it was truly like wow like wow this this was this is big this is big this, this show this show how this show does not waste there's no wasted emotion with this show so when they when they use when they depict violence it carries like it carries a lot of weight yeah they don't they don't waste gunfights they don't waste I mean, they don't waste anything. So when they, something like this happens, it and you'll go, you'll we'll see moving further on in episodes and seasons that they like no most of it is going to be cheated. is going to be heavy duty writing and build up and, and police work and things and intricacies in terms in terms of these these worlds um, that 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 they're, that they're depicting with the police and the street and the politics and, and what have you the institutions. Which they, when Dave Simon calls the gods, he calls the institutions the gods. 
he likes to use the uh, likes to, you know use the Greek a lot of Greek stuff in, yeah. in his in terms of his writing. Um, no, when something when violence happens, it's it's, it's, it's a major major um it's a, it's, 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 it's a heavy it's like an earthquake and again the ramifications of this situation the ramifications of this scene reverberate are enormous yeah throughout the course and that's that's also another good part of them not wasting any emotion any it not like nothing is wasted and then everything that you're saying in terms of them not like violence never ever happens on this show for, for just for the sake of violence is always a reason and then they show you the consequences of that violence um and so uh yeah there's gonna be a lot of consequences for yeah. everybody for yeah. everybody i mean like 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 yeah they don't glorify it at all it's just a lot there's a lot of different and i they don't glorify it they don't demonize it it happens for this reason these are all, anyways, we can get into that next episode. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot that you are. It's a lot that you are from this. Yes. So there, 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 there's a big moment. Yeah. Our point episode. is, this is not the type of show that's going to be like, oh, okay, and Kima got shot last episode. Hope she's doing well, and we're just moving on. Like, no, nah, 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 nope. Nah, not at all. Nope. Um, yeah, so the title of this episode, The Cost, and it, again, you see the cost. You see the cost of Bad policing <laughs> in terms of Kima getting getting shot. Uh, you see the cost of uh, how they dealt with how they dealt with. Um, well, we, we haven't seen that yet, but we, we will see in terms of Wallace. We'll say that. But you see the cost. You see the cost of McNulty and how this job, in terms of his marriage and what this job has done to his marriage and, 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 and to his personal life. The cost of the game on Wallace. Yes. Yeah, the cost, yeah, the, the cost of the, the toll that the game has taken on Wallace. That's a call, yeah. So we can without going deep into what happened go with Wallace. Yeah, nope. we, yeah. we can we can just, state that the game just the cost on him. Yeah, yep. the cost on him. And the toll that is taken physically, mentally, spiritually, all yep. around on 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 him. Um also the cost of the judge fucking with McNulty. Uh, dealing with McNulty and 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 what politics and and yep. that that was a cost that he's paying that he's paying right now, not being on the mayor's ticket. Uh, so yeah, so definitely you saw there was a number of costs. Uh, you can go to, we can get go above and whaling the cost of what drugs have done to them in their lives and HIV having HIV with whaling and absolutely uh, and Bubbles losing his son not being able to see his son uh, not being able to raise his son uh, having his son taken away by the mother. Uh, in, in terms of what some of the decisions that he's made in his life. So, uh, again, a, 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 a classic episode, to say the least. Um, a, lot, a lot to chew on. Uh, MVP and the, the Chardin Award for Best Performance and MVP, to me, were the same. I thought Wallace earned both of them. He was... Uh, okay. All right. No, no, no. Keep going. I thought he was brilliant in this episode. Um, definitely had was the best acting performance in this episode. And 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 also had him as the MVP as well. I thought I thought about Kima possibly being MVP. She was definitely would have, would have been second in terms of MVP, but uh, I had Wallace as both MVP and the best performance as well. Yeah, can't can't argue with that. But I'm definitely I'm gonna go Kima MVP Wallace. Okay. Um, best acting in there. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, best just best subtle acting. Yeah. If, if that's that's if that's how how 
like yeah that that framing um he was awesome he was awesome <laughs> just awesome yeah. to to get us to be that sympathetic with with wallace with so few dialogue was was fantastic to to watch this time and then like i said this was this was this was key this was Kima's coming out episode as a premier character um yeah she she yeah yep this 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 is that so she's my mvp yeah no it's a lot of, yeah a lot to take from this episode again you will see the ramifications of, of what took place uh we we will flush out the barksdale's mistake um next episode because that that it even goes deeper than shooting an undercover uh, undercover cop it's even beyond that we did and it's a scene i've been waiting for for the like this crap. number 10 it's 10 yeah next this week is 10. yeah yeah Ugh, then, next week so next wild. week next week's so scene yeah next week's episode is a scene that i've been waiting for to make it to kind of connect the point that i've been, yeah. I've been waiting for it for the last five six weeks that some and i think all our points that we make are going to be connecting so i'll be looking forward to that as always, thanks to Robert Sapp for joining the program, sir. All right. Have uh, a good one. Stay healthy. Stay safe out there. No question. You too. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Real Deal Podcast, The Wire Remix, Season 1, Episode 11, The Cost. I will see you next time with another episode of The Real Deal Podcast. Have a great rest of your day and rest of your weekend. I'm out.